Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine the Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind Ale The Ale, low budget live, not so live This highway does not know my name And I don't No, sir, it does not but the highway does not know my name. But y'all do. Y'all do because you found yourself here. And I'm here this week, November 7th. And uh, welcome. Welcome aboard this crazy little ride we call Low Budget Live. Not so live. And, and, uh, that highway does not know my name. I've been up and down that highway many, 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 many times. All these old highways chasing this bass fishing dream, chasing this boat part slanging dream, this music playing dream. And that highway does not know my name. But, but, but there are a few people in this fishing industry that do now. <laughs> oh, Claude, have mercy. Did, uh, did we, 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 we shook some things up on the little podcast that could last week. We shook, we shook some things up, and, and I'd like to say, uh, first of all, I'd like to say um, thank you. Thank you to all of you that uh, find yourself here now. Whether you're whether you're liking, subscribing, whether you're on the on the shadows out there looking, you're afraid to comment, or or you're or you're uh, uh, you know maybe maybe you bat for the other team, so to speak. Maybe maybe you're out there just kind of just just kind of trolling under the bridge and, and checking out what we're doing here on Low Budget Live, not so live. Regardless of how you got here, or regardless of what you are, or what your affiliation is, welcome. Welcome to Low Budget Live. This is the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill, and and uh, the, the the response from last week has been amazing. It's been amazing uh, from the from the podcast I did about about uh, my mother, and the podcast I did about old old Jimbo at Major League Fishing, uh, Mister Jim Wilburn, president of Major League Fishing, and and the the 
the support, the outcry uh, of things, uh, outcrying towards the subject was just crazy. And uh, first, first things first, I want to say thank you. And, and I'm behind. I'm behind on the on the YouTube comments, and I'm behind on the emails. I stay that way. Um, y'all know I got I got so many irons in the fire that uh, you know I can't keep up some days, but uh, I'm trying. I'm trying, and I, I tried to answer back to all YouTube comments always, and and this one got me. By far the most YouTube comments I've ever had on a video. It's no secret. Uh, most views we've ever had on an LBL so far, most downloads, was that episode. And uh, I'd like to say thank you. And and more than all the drama, and, and we'll get to that. We're definitely going to get to that. But but more than all the drama, the people telling stories about their mothers, um, they've lost their mothers or what their mothers mean to them, and, and the people saying, hey, man, your mom sounded like a wonderful person. And the, the outpouring of support for me and my family through this trying time, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you. I, I can type it into words and I can say it and, and, it, and it gets redundant, right? It, it feels like I'm saying the same thing to everybody, but you just, you just don't know what to say, right? But I can, I can tell you now that I, I've got you, I'm looking, I'm looking at you, um, that it's, you know, for me, man, it, it does. I, I'm like the Grinch, it may, but, but it, may, it makes my heart grow up three sizes uh, in one day or whatever Dr. Seuss said. Uh, but, but truly, to, uh, to see my mother, and, and, and like I said last week, you know, Ryder man, my little Ryder, he said, you know, we got to honor TT every day. We got to honor, honor my mom. And man, how, how much has she been honored over and over in comments and emails and people sharing this podcast on their Facebooks and and uh, Facebook pages, the Facebooks. I sounded like my grandmother when I said that. Walmarts, Facebooks, but uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. And and the outpouring before I did the podcast was already incredible. But I've heard from so many, you know, wonderful people, and, and people that are are new to my life uh, in this fishing world that that I know and have a, a massive amount of respect. For no of I should say, but don't don't personally know and uh, that work for different organizations or different companies and whatnot. And the outpouring has been amazing. It's been amazing. And and you guys that have been with this podcast since two years ago when we're doing it on Instagram and you can't listen to it and it's just a live show and it was a hot mess just like it is now. Um, that are still hanging in there, that still commenting and still messaging. You know, thank you, thank you. This is this is fun, and and I've said it's it's an outpouring of my opinions, and it's an outpouring of emotion sometimes, and it's it's just an outlet for me. And I'm glad I get to do low budget live, and low budget live is brought to you by Startron. Never forget that these are good folks. Startron making the Starbright cleaning products. Startron fighting the ethanol, fighting the good fight like we're doing here on Low Budget Live, fighting that fight against ethanol in your weed eater, in your chainsaw. It's that time of year. Put it in your UTV, your four-wheeler. Maybe you still got a three-wheeler. If you do, like Fat Cat Newton, I think you're pretty uh, – I think you're, you're, you're a bad A. You know, you're still popping wheelies on a three-wheeler, but you're going to need this. If you're rocking a three-wheeler, you're going to need some Startron. So thanks to the folks at Startron for supporting Low Budget Live, not so live. And, uh, you know, that outpouring has been, uh, has been incredible. It's been incredible. The thank yous 
you know, something that's really kind of caught me, caught me off guard, uh, were the thank yous. And, uh, and what I mean by that are the people that sent me either comments or, or texts. And, and a lot of it was texts or emails. Okay. From people inside this fishing industry. And that included industry sponsors that are, um, either sponsor all the organizations or sponsor MLF and, and they sponsor MLF anglers and they sponsor FLW anglers and Bassmaster Elite anglers. But I heard from industry sponsors. I heard from, uh, anglers from across Every organization, every organization, uh, guys from Bass, guys from FLW, guys from MLF BPT, they said, thank you. Thank you for saying what we can't, what we can't. And that was a big, um, a, a, a big deal to me. It kind of hit me between the eyes going, man, you know, maybe this is, uh, this is more deep-seated than than I think. Maybe these guys have affected a lot of people personally. And from reading a lot of the Facebook messages and things I got from people in the bass fishing media, all websites, you name them, I heard from them. Um, and they see a lot of things. There are a lot of people that, that see a lot of things in this crazy world. And, and it is very much uh, – I had, a, had a, a guy I much, you know, have a massive amount of respect for – that, that sent me an email actually last night about it. And he says this cancel culture we live in in this country. And I thought, what a great way of putting that, that if a corporation doesn't like something or they don't like an opinion, they try to get it taken out. And that's that's bad. That's not what this country was, was founded on or, you know, um, you know, it was about freedom and it was about freedom of speech and, and, and the right to kind of do whatever you want, man. I mean, you know, and I don't have to agree with it and you don't have to agree with it. But at the end of the day, we're all we're all in this thing together. And you see it across. It transcends all industries, all platforms that, that it, it's definitely, a, a, you know, a cancel culture. You look at uh, stand up comedians, you know. They give their opinions. They try to make people laugh. There's nothing off limits to those guys. And I understand, like, man, somebody's up there making cancer jokes. You don't think that's going to hit me funny? Well, of course it's going to hit me weird. But at the same time, that dude may have been through it in his life, and that's how he gets through it is telling jokes about it. I don't know. I don't know. That's not my place. But, you know, lately, like, Dave Chappelle had a special, and everybody called for his head because he made, like, school shooting jokes. And I get it. That's terrible. But at the same time, Freedom of speech. He's got the right to that. And more importantly, you have the right to not turn on his Netflix special. Just like if you don't like what gets said here on this channel or you don't like my fishing videos, which, by the way, we got more coming fishing videos. Um, I'm just behind on editing things. Um, you know, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to support it. You don't have to subscribe. You don't have to like. You don't have to comment. But, you know, um, we have options, right? We have options. So the fact that a corporation can try to cancel you out by either calling your sponsors or calling uh, your employer, in my case, like I like I you know beat into the mud last week, that that sucks. That sucks. So I really liked his his term, uh, cance, cancel culture. It's hard to say when you're a fat redneck, but uh, that that was really poignant to me, and it and it spoke to me. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. Um, you know, I, I tell you after last week and, and 
I never, I just, I never expected it to go how it went. I didn't do this for ratings, so to speak. We don't have ratings in podcasts, but, but I didn't do it for views. I didn't do it for clicks. I, I don't, you know, I obviously enjoy this, doing this and, and providing, you know, myself a platform. And I, I do very much appreciate every view I get. Right. Um, but I don't say outrageous things to try to get that. So I'd like to say to the new listeners and the new viewers, because I know there are a lot of you because I've gotten messages from you. You know, I'm not I'm not always going to be, quote, controversial, but I promise you this. I may I make you a deal. I will always call it like I see it. And I will always give you my straight up opinion. Uh, In this case, my feathers were very ruffled and they should have been and they still are. (laughs) <laughs> they still are. Um, you would think that when this when this hit, you know, it, it uploads on last Thursday. We go into Friday, and uh, I'm just hanging out at, at my dear lease with my dad and, and hanging tree stands and things, and, man, my phone's just melting in half. And no negative, right? I've seen maybe one negative comment. And I, and I know there are people on forums talking about this to death. I keep hearing and getting links sent to me. I don't even care. I don't want to see it. I appreciate the people that are, you know, I've heard there are people going on other podcasts and the comments and trying to get responses. And I've heard there are some talk shows that won't touch it with a 10 foot pole. And that's funny to me um, because you can't be, you can't cover the sport, and not cover it. Right. But you can, if you're, if you're worried about, you know, daddy slapping your wrist and uh, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm getting a lot of messages like that. Hey man, I've been bringing this up on other shows and you know, whatever. Um, teach their own, teach their own. But I, I, I'm not trying to be controversial. But you would think uh, when that video by Friday, middle of the day Friday, I mean, I'm just seeing the likes on the on the video, you know, and I'm seeing the comments. I'm like, whoa, man, this struck a nerve with people. And that's good. That's good. I'm glad that people saw it the way I, I saw it. Um, instead of the other way, because, you know, you get on there and people are like, you're a piece of crap for saying this about this guy. You know, that would, you know, would it have changed my opinion? None. Not at all. But... It, it made me feel justified in what I did that people people agreed. And the outcry and the text and, and things were amazing. But you look over there to that thumbs down, which I always think YouTube thumbs downers are funny because you take time out of your day. I watched this video and I gave it a thumbs down and like it. I've just never done anything like that in my life. You know, I just click off of it and go to the next thing. But the likes, we'll pull it up here. The likes versus dislikes at this point. Um, 415 likes versus seven dislikes on the video. And you would think, you would think that if you are someone with that organization that I was talking about, major league fishing, that, uh, that enough would be like, damn, man, we might need to just chill out. But, uh, oops, Jim did it again. Do you remember Britney Spears? Old Jimbo decided again to reach out. <laughs> Not to me this time. He went direct over my head again, but he got <laughs> blocked again. He got blocked again. And uh, and so hats off to those guys once again. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, obviously, 
ego is a is a powerful thing. So, um, but I would like to say thank y'all for standing your ground and commenting and supporting this. If you don't like what's going on out there, and um, just in the country in general, like this, that's a that is like like the you know my friend that sent me the uh, the email to cancel culture and people think they can get you ripped right off the uh, the earth. So, um, thank y'all, thank y'all, and don't expect controversy all the time. But we will indeed, we will indeed, uh, right here I say we, this is we, this is we, I will, uh, I'll, you know, talk about what I talk about. That's what it is. Uh, but thank y'all. Thank y'all for subscribing. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for liking. There are more to come. We're going to try to do one every week, and uh, we're going to get the lives back with guests, hopefully very soon. Hopefully very soon. So moving on. That was that was kind of the... Uh, I rambled on there for a little bit, but you got to um, got to cover cover. That's housekeeping, right? We get the housekeeping out of the way. And uh, I want to say, um, I have nothing but respect for uh, what Jerry McKinnis did in this uh, in this industry. And I want to I want to take some time here to say thank you to Jerry McKinnis. Um, uh, I, you know, his passing was definitely um, a big blow to this industry. Jerry has been very influential in a lot of things in, in fishing media over the years uh, and the sport of bass fishing as a whole and the sport of fishing as a whole. And, and uh, so thoughts and prayers out to his family for sure, to the uh, to his, his son, Mike. You know, Mike's out there at JM Associates. He's kind of running the day-to-day now. I've, I've met Mike. I've worked with Mike on Bassmaster Live a couple times when I've, I've worked with those guys and it is absolutely first class. It's professional. Um, and you're talking about a man that, that had, you know, one of the, the longest running, I believe the, the, the stat is longest running show on ESPN other than, um, sports center was the fishing hole. And so he's on the worldwide leader of sports, you know, He's on their their uh, network for years and years and years and years and years, and you know fishing with his dog. And I, I remember I remember being a kid just seeing this guy and, and and his he wasn't you know heavy sponsor plugs or anything like that. He just loved fishing. It's kind of like Al Lind- you know these guys. Um, friend of mine and I were talking about this this week. Some of those guys were my heroes as much as Bass Pros, like you know. Iconelli and Swindle and, and Denny Brower and and uh, Rick Clun and those guys when I was growing up, but you know the Jerry McKinnises and the Jimmy Houston's and you know Al Linder, like how cool you know was in Fisherman back in the day and and still is the Linders are, are killer. So all that stuff, I love those shows. I love those shows. So Jerry was was right up there and. But when I really fell in love with what, and I, I didn't even know, I was, I was young, but I didn't know what was going on, really. I couldn't appreciate it now. And I've been going back and watching some of this stuff on YouTube in the last few days just because it's nostalgic and I, and I really enjoy it. But what Jerry did in the coverage of professional bass fishing was unmatched. And it's how we cover tournaments today. He did that. He set that up. Uh, he changed the game. Completely, completely. And in the late 90s, there was the shift. You had the Bassmasters had always been on the Nashville network, TNN. Shout out to Bob Cobb. 
Those were those were the you know the old school bassmen. I'm Bob Cobb. Amazing man. We used to record them there at my parents' house. VHS hit record. You kids don't even know what I'm talking about out there. The old days, man. You had to put in a freaking VHS tape into a dang VCR and hit record. Set up your times, and sometimes it didn't work, and you missed your favorite shows. There weren't no DVRs or live streaming. Bringing out my old man self right now. But I, I would tape these shows, and uh, Bob Cobb Bassmasters was always the way it was covered. Bob was amazing. The Bassmasters was, you know, I, I still I love to go back. But but then late nineties, early two thousands, but around ninety eight for me, and I wrote it down because I want to be sure to talk about it. But ninety eight, you had the FLW tour, the Walmart FLW tour presented by Coca Cola, to be exact. Those non endemics that aren't around anymore. See two episodes ago if you want to know what that what I'm talking about. But Walmart FLW Tour on ESPN2. What? Bass fishing on ESPN? What? Jerry McKinnis hanging out of a helicopter, interviewing guys on the water while they're fishing, top five. Dude, these guys were bigger than freaking... Mark McGuire to me and and baseball players, man. The Rick Clun, Ricky Clun, as McKinnis always referred to him, Ricky Clun, as Mr. Jerry and Tommy Sanders, Ricky Clun, Denny Brower, Van Dam. FLW was on fire, man. But you had you know had Strader, Wesley Strader was on some of those old old Swindle won one in '98, Randy Howe won in '98, Dan Moorhead, all covered by Jerry McKinnis, Tommy Sanders. And, I, and, you know, and Tommy still to this day works with him. And I think that's a testament. Works with JM and Associates. It's a testament to how great, you know, Jerry was and, and influential he was in Tommy's life. But they were incredible, man. The coverage, the details. But then they would call the guys on the water. Nobody had ever done that before. Everything was kind of post-production, right? Bob Cobb would talk about everything like from a narrator's perspective – after the tournament was over, Jerry McKinnis and Tommy started covering it and filming. Of course, they're filming the fishing as it's going on, but they're commentating as it's going on for the most part. And they're calling guys in the boats and getting the lowdown, calling Marty Stone. He's throwing a spinnerbait and flooded bushes on Kentucky Lake. Hey, Marty, how, how's it going? What does it feel like to make your top five? Getting those emotions as it as it progresses. As it progresses, dude, amazing. Amazing. But yeah, Jerry McKinnis hanging out of a helicopter, flying down the Mississippi River, chasing Gary Klein. Big shout out to Gary. I know you're watching, Gary. Big Gary. One of my childhood fishing heroes, by the way. Not a low budget live fan, but I, you know, love Gary. Love Gary. Shout out to Gary. Mississippi River FLW's winning two of them back to back. And Jerry McKinnis following him in a helicopter down the river, hanging out. Flying above him, showing showing what it's like. It's for drone before drones. Killer stuff. Killer stuff. Then he switches over to Bassmaster. Everything changes again. They leave FLW. FLW shows totally change. Bassmaster gets that JM associate look. That desk, that Mark Zona, Tommy Sanders down the road, you know, it becomes that. It becomes Bassmaster Live then. They have this vision for live streaming. They run all that. All of that, the graphics, the 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 freaking production value is amazing in what they're doing. Still, it's the best. It's the best. To this day, it's the best. 
You know, I've commended Major League Fishing for their live coverage. I think it's really, really good. Bassmaster Live's still the best. I think FLW Live, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, my man Peyote over there at FLW Live kills it. Kills it. Kills it. And uh, I think they've had a lot smaller budget to work with. Kind of like us here at the Low Budget Live Barn Grill. But Peyote kills it. Very comparable to what they do at Bass Live. But Bass Live is still right there. Right there. And they just keep expanding and throwing new things out there. And it's it's and, and they're and risk takers, you know. Jerry was a risk taker. Jerry, you know, he he uh, came up with the idea with bass for the elite fifties. The little small elite fifties covered, you know, just very cool small field events. Gave away a quarter million dollars. I think Boyd Duckett won one of those, as a matter of fact, maybe. Can't remember. But uh, he won some money from Bass a couple times. But uh, Randy Howe won one of those. And Jerry created and gave a platform to anglers, but he created background stories. He got their life stories, and he pushed them to the forefront, and he made guys like Iconelli a character. Iconelli was already a character, but he brought it to you, and he focused on the fact that he's the Jersey crazy guy yelling, screaming, Iconelli going wild when he catches one, that he's crazy, over-the-top, excited when he catches one, that he gets super pissed off, and he's going to show you that too, and he's going to show you all the emotions and the ups and downs with everybody. He's going to show you guys' personalities. He's going to set up that backstory. Randy Howe, the, the, the young baby-faced kid, went in 98 you know, on the tour and then coming over to the Bassmasters and show you that ride, man. Show you that ride. Show you Randy's decision on that last morning of the Classic to go win the Classic. Like all these guys owe a lot to Jerry McInnes. So I have mad respect for Jerry McInnes. And one of, the, one of the – he was very passionate about what happened last year. And a lot of those guys that went to MLF got really upset with Jerry and his opinions. He made some Facebook posts about it and – uh you know, I've seen MLF post their their condolences this week. And, uh, you know, Jerry, they, everybody in this industry owes Jerry a lot, even if you disagreed with things he did. And I, I know that uh, a lot of guys have over the years um, disagreed with him as much as they agreed with him. But, um, you know, we definitely owe him a lot. So hats off, Jerry McInnes, man. I, I'm just, a, you know, the only interaction, truly, that I ever have with Mr. Mr. McInnes. The only one um, was during the beard war for breast cancer when Gerald and I were doing our goofy beard thing back and forth, and we ended it on Bassmaster Live. And and Mike McInnes and and Mercer and Zona got together and decided, hey, man, we need to live stream shaving Gerald's face, which was just crazy. It's crazy. On the floor of the Classic, 2,000 people standing there. Stupid. So much fun. And Jerry McInnes, uh, he, he talked to me that day, told me he's very sorry to hear about my mother, and um, it was when he's still on Bass and was co-owner in Bass, and they gave us uh, $5,000 for the Beard War. And so that was my only interaction with Jerry McInnes ever, but I got to say, much respect to Jerry McInnes. I felt like Jeremy, Jerry McInnes was a class act. 
Uh, he was a pioneer in this industry, and we all owe him a lot. So all you young guys out there, go look up Lynn Dollar's YouTube channel, Lynn Dollar. He's got all the old Bassmaster footage uploaded from the TNN days, the Bob Cobb days. You want to see some retro footage. And then he's got a lot of those old FLWs. That's where I've, I've been watching them here today. Lynn Dollar on YouTube. Go check it out. Go watch the progression of how everything has gone. You know, it wasn't all YouTube and live streaming and and everything that we have now. Uh, that's where we got our information on every little technique. And man, they covered it well. Him and him and Tommy Sanders. So much respect to Jerry McInnes. I've ran over a little bit. I've got a scheduled guest today. Let's see if we can get him on the old hotline right now my guest today will be mr andrew upshaw winner of the flw tour event this year at lake cherokee won him a cool hundred grand then winner of last week's costa championship the Costa Championship. He won it. He won it. Um, Andrew is a unique individual in the sport like myself because he is very embedded in the sport business-wise. Um, he, he works on the business side, and we'll let Andrew tell that. But let's get on the phone right now. Andrew Upshaw, or as we like to call him, Washpoo. Andrew Washpoo. Well, hello. Well, hello, Andrew Upshaw. How are How you? How Mr. Luke Duncan? Hey, it's going well. Not as good as it's going for you, my friend, Mister. Another just hey, let's let's just add fifty more grand to what we've done this year. That's yeah, no big deal. No big deal. No big nothing to see here. Just just adding uh adding adding some more hardware to things. Adding uh adding another title to the old resume. There, no big deal. You know, Tennessee and Kentucky sure have been good to me. They you know. have. I don't know. Kind of crazy. But meanwhile, you go back out there to Oklahoma. Just leave us. I know it. You just leave us. I I get it, though. It's in your DNA out there in that part of the world, Texas and Oklahoma. You you just can't help yourself. I can't. You know, it's it's mainly Texas, not necessarily Oklahoma. (laughs) I just like living close to Texas. And that's where your wife's family's from, right, is Oklahoma? Uh, No, they're actually from Ohio. Oh, that's right. That's right. So. So how did you wind up in Oklahoma then? I don't think I know that story. Uh, well, I moved up there. For work? The first year. I, yeah, I started okay. working for Gene LaRue at That's Lou's. right. That's right. So, and so, now I don't only work for Lou's, but I work for my house. So Beautiful. You know, yeah. So, so I want to talk about that, and we're going to get into everything here, but I, I said that before I brought you on in your sweet introduction I gave you. Oh, I hope it was super it, awesome. It was very professional, and uh, it was. It was really, it was really good. Uh, so, you have worked in the industry. You and I have known each other for a very long time through this crazy bass fishing world. Um, on both sides of things, fishing against each other, with each other, so to speak, fishing, and then and then working alongside each other in this crazy industry. Uh, but you've been. How long have you worked in the industry? I guess I've worked in the industry going on 10 years now. Okay. Okay. It's been, uh, it's, I've been in it for a while, but not as long as, as, uh, 
you know a veteran like yourself no yeah right well i think i got i think i got some age on you though I'm pretty uh, a sure years, a few maybe. years yeah. because yeah. I remember I was working whenever this this young punk kid named Andrew Upshaw made the classic. <laughs> no doubt you were. Yeah, I was. I, I was working. Yeah, yeah, I was working, and you were the first ever. And I don't know, you know, listeners out there. I don't, you know, if you don't keep up with the sports, you might miss something. You might be like, oh man, Andrew Upshaw's on fire this year. Who's this? Who's this guy? You know, well, he's kind of been around a while. <laughs> He's been around a while. He's had a, he's had quite the journey, and he was the first ever collegiate angler to make the Bassmasters Classic. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's, it seems like it's been like, you know, twenty five years ago, but uh, in all reality, it's been like seven or eight. That's crazy. Uh, it does know. seem like a lot a lot longer than that, really. Um, I was talking about before you came on. I'm kind of jumping around, but you know me. That's what I do. Um, oh yeah. Before I got you on, I was talking about Mr. Jerry McKinnis. Did you have any dealings with Jerry when you made that classic? I did, actually. Um, you know, Jerry and I didn't ever really see eye to eye on <laughs> some stuff. Uh, and, and you know, it actually, you know, so I'll tell this story. And, you know, and first I want to start it out by, like, you know, it's I hate that, that Jerry passed away, you know, even despite our – yeah, our, our issues with each other. We, you know, I I hate to see that. I mean, especially the way everything went down. Um, you know, oh, I yeah. just I hate it for his family and, and what he so. did, and and what he did for this sport. I mean, we Absolutely. all know that's. Yeah. I said yeah. that coming on that there were guys that disagreed. Jerry was very strong in his opinions and how he oh, did yeah. business, and there were people that definitely disagreed with him. But I would still say, at the end of the day, um he did as much for this industry in particular the production of how these tournaments are covered than anybody ever has oh absolutely uh, you know and, and that goes without saying I mean, right absolutely absolutely, absolutely. You know. but let's hear the jerry mckinnis versus andrew upshaw story i gotta hear this well so when i made the classic uh nothing you know they had just decided that they were going to uh let a college angler fish the classic but that's all they had there was no stipulations. There was no nothing actually written down of what they expected from the college angler. There was no contingencies. There's nothing. So, uh, getting ready for the classic, I get a call from uh, tournament director, and he tells me that I'm gonna have to run a nitro boat, and I'm gonna have to wear. Uh, this big SFA logo in, on my jersey. Well, I was like, I don't want to wear that. I want to wear my <laughs> logos on my jersey. So it's really relative to right now. Oh, oh, relative uh, to the entire history of the sport, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. And uh, and I I emailed Jerry, and I was like, Jerry, because he'd give me his, his email address, and I was like, <laughs> and, you know, I was kind of young and kind of dumb at the time. And I was like, Jerry, I don't want you to seem like, and I, and I'm, this is all relative. So I was like, I don't want you to seem like FLW of years past of making <laughs> me run a boat, making me run certain logos. And, <sighs> and I said, I didn't think Bass was ever like that, you know, because I was like, Kevin Van Dam runs whatever logos and boat he wants, but I'm the only one that has to run what you're telling me to run. Well, I, I email all this to him, okay? And I was very, I, I thought at the time I was very respectful. 
Well, I get a phone call from him like the next morning at like 6 a.m. <laughs> and he lights into me like <laughs> I was one of his kids. I love it. And uh, and it explains his part of the whole deal. And I ended up wearing the logo on my jersey, and I ended up running the nitro, if that tells you <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dang right you did. <laughs> because I wanted to fish fast myself. That's exactly you know, right. <laughs> you do what you got to do. So, so yeah, that's my Jerry McKenna story. We uh, Got off on the wrong did, foot. We definitely got off on the wrong foot. But I didn't agree with that. I didn't, uh, you know, when I made the classic, you know, and at, at the time, and even now, I believe if if you make the classic or make a championship, and everybody else gets to do it one way, and you're forced to do it another way, I don't think that's correct. I agree. I agree. I think you should be able to. You know, if they have the freedom to do what they want to do, you should have the freedom to do what you want to do. And and that's just my my personal. And, no, and in fairness no to blame. them, you know, it, it was new and they were probably, I, they, you know, they were kind of handling it how they thought they should be handling it, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. and how they had set it up. But you saw it as a, because I've always known you as this super aggressive, hungry, business-minded guy that loves to fish, that knows his marketing, that knows his stuff. Um, that knows this industry, that loves this industry very much, and you're very passionate. I, should, I shouldn't say aggressive is not a good word, but passionate. Um, but you are, you, you're very, you, you, and you know what you want, and you speak your freaking mind, and I've always, always, always respected that because you never, you're, you're a lot like me in that I don't ever have to worry about what you're thinking about something because you're going to tell me. You, <laughs> yeah, there's gonna, no doubt about you, that. You're going to tell me, but, um, but you saw that opportunity at the Classic as, hey, man, this is my opportunity. I made this thing. I can promote sponsors. I might be able to get more sponsors. I might be able to sell sponsors as the first college. So I, I get your side totally in that. Um, but And I talked about this a couple podcasts ago because people forget that bass kind of went through that for a little bit on that jersey and, and you got to fish out of their boats thing. And at different times, this has been around for a long time. This model that we're still seeing being passed off as, in my opinion, like new and shiny, it's been around. We've seen it. We've done it. It doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, work no, for the angler. It doesn't work. It's, yeah, it's definitely been around for a while. And you know what? Really, you know, beyond the, the advertising aspect, the marketing aspect of everything, the thing that bothered me the most was the fact that I had a boat, a brand new boat. I had the electronics that I wanted. On Absolutely. It. I had everything I wanted. When they sent me the boat, which was a good, and I, I'm not sponsored by Nitro, but it was a good boat. Yeah. But it it had five-inch graphs on it and no power poles. You had to get comfortable and you had to kind of rig it up how you wanted it. Well, they I ended up, you know, stirring the pot a little bit and I got some <laughs> graphs and I got my, I put a power pole in it just so I would have at least, because my boat is loaded. Like it's right. like every graph, every power pole, hot foots, oxygenators, the whole nine yeah. yards. And and this boat didn't have all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I just kind of felt. I Biggest mean, term in your all, life. Yeah. I need all the advantages I can have against Kevin Van Dam and Swindle and Iconelli. Like, I don't need to, you know, you can't go in there like with a half ass attitude. That's right. Of I'm going to go out there and compete against the best in the world with subpar equipment. That's like, right. That's just. You can't do that. So, 
and, and, it, and it bothered me immensely. <laughs> but I, I ended up pulling it together and just went fishing and, and you know, did decent, whatever. But well, it's, it's, it's awesome, though, that, that you did stand your ground, even, even, even to a Jerry McInnes in that situation, you know, he probably thought, who's this punk kid? Oh, there's no <laughs> you know, <doubt>. and, and <laughs> now today, you know, I like to think that when you won up there at, at Cherokee this year, Jerry was like, well, by God, my man. You know what I mean? Like, he, he probably yeah. took a lot of pride in the fact that you have excelled through these ranks, made Forest Wood Cups on the FLW side, uh, RIP, Forest Wood Cup. Um, yeah. You know, whatever FLW Cup, whatever that whatever that was. Children, yeah. Two years from now, I'll do a podcast and go, listen, gather around, kids, and let me tell you the story of when we used to have an FLW <laughs> championship. <laughs> there was a guy yeah. named There was a guy named Brad Knight that won one of those Forest Wood Cups, this legendary trophy, Brian Thrift. Scott Martin. Um, So in that, when you won the Costa Championship, when you signed up for the Costas this year, I mean, are you think – you've always been a big advocate of those, whether it's Everstarts, Costas, Strands. They've been American Fishing Series. They've been 47 different things over the years. But um, it's always the same kind of regional – regional tournament trail that leads to the next level you've always been a a big proponent of those um and you've always done very well in those did but i but that cup going away when you signed up this year i mean you got to be thinking cup right it's another opportunity to make the cup i mean that's a huge feather in the cap well yeah i mean the thing is is what was aggravating was the fact that more places were added to the cup, you know, or more places were added to the Costa Championship to qualify for the cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it as if, hey, all I got to do basically is go get a top 10 and I'm going to make it to the cup, which alleviates the the amount of stress for the next year going on tour that I can go out there and just try to win more tournaments. And it's an automatic 10 grand. And it's an automatic ten grand. <laughs> yep. Well, let's not even talk about the money. No, I know. Makes me want to cry. I know. Makes me want to cry. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like, and and nobody really knew what was going to happen until just a couple weeks ago. That's right. You know, and so you know, and the the talks that I've had with with some of the higher ups of uh, FLW and everything. Uh, you know this. They've known about this this sale for quite some time. Yeah, we've known. We felt this was coming. Yeah, you and, and so I. You like, and I shared a spot on the angler panel together. We we were on that, and we've we've felt like this was coming for a while. Yeah, and so you know to to have that kind of stripped away at you know without any type of contingency or any type of plan. Like I haven't. You know, an aggravating aspect, and this is just my opinion, yep. an aggravating aspect of this is the fact that I still have yet to get a phone call about not making the cup. And and let me tell you this, and the cup doesn't exist, so whatever. Yeah, it's gone. But, right. but in the tournament packet that we were all sent, it still talks about the Forceful <laughs> Cup, qualifying for the Forceful Cup. And I'm just like, I'm like, for this like, season, like they changed it, they changed it technically mid-season, even though it was late season. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, that stinks. Like I'll read my tournament packet, and it's like, yeah, you finish in the top two or whatever in your division, you make the Forcewood Cup, and this is the tournament packet they sent out just a week or two ago. I know. 
two weeks ago. So I'm like, you know, but I have yet to have anybody give me a call and say, you know, we're, we're sorry, we're not going to have a cup. And that, that qualification is no more. I haven't had anything. Well, wow. And you know, that kind of stinks a little bit. Because, I get it. You know, like at least call me and say, hey, you know, you know, the cup's gone. So like, here you go. This is like, what we'll do. Well, anything, anything's better than nothing. And, um, you know, but I, I don't, I shouldn't have that expectation because it's a, you know, it's just going to stress me out even more than I already am stressed out. But, and, and lots of things to be stressed about, but not the fact that, I mean, you did win, you did yeah. win a huge, you beat, how many boats are in that thing? 200 people? Yeah, it was pretty close. It's yeah. 193. It's a big, that's a big field. A lot of a lot of really amazing fishermen in that. I mean, even you know maybe the fans don't know a lot of those guys, but we know them. <laughs> and there's a lot well, of stone cold killers in that yeah. group. Well, you know it just as much as I do. You know, there's a there's a section of this country that's professional fishermen, like true professional, that's like right. fish, Bass Pro Tour, Elite Series, and uh, RIP FLW Tour. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of really good, and, but there's just as many people back home that are just as good a fishermen that or better. either have, or better, mm-hmm. that have families, that have a, a job that they can't leave, that can't get time off. I mean, there's just a lot of aspects to it. So, I mean, but those are the guys that you're fishing against in the Coastal Championship are those guys most of the time. And, uh, and yeah, they freaking catch them. Dude. Yeah, they do. Like, they go out there, like, day in and day out and catch them. That's exactly so, right. And, you know. And it's scary because they don't get as much time on the water as, say, some of us do. And they just show up and show out. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's what's crazy. But so so tell me about Cumberland. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how you did. I don't do any research on the show. You should know that about me. But how did you do in our Cumberland Tour events? You caught them there. Both times. Both times. Yeah, I thought you did. I thought you did. Yeah, I, you know, I've actually always done really good at Cumberland. I, I don't remember my exact places, but, I mean, I got $10,000 check. Right, which is catching I, them, yeah. Well, and I think I missed the cut one time by, like, 8 to 12 ounces or something. So, like. Those were I fun mean, tournaments. I, Both of those tournaments oh were super gosh, fun. like, the, like, most fun ever. Yeah. Like, I, I, that first one, the first one was kind of, it was a harder one. In the like, weather. The water was quite a bit colder. The wa- weather was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, but that second one, though, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. The best spinnerbait bite I've ever. ever been on my entire life. Ever. Like, yes. I bet I caught 40 that yes. second day. Yes. Like, incredible. So, well, how yeah, did you? definitely showed out. How did you catch them? I, I mean, I've read a little bit, but... I, I talked to you. I was texting with some of the FLW media guys, uh, Jody and Kyle and those guys, and they said, dude, that you were, I mean, you were catching a lot of numbers. You were getting a lot of bites, and that was not the theme of the week for most people. So you figured out something really special, sounded like. I did. I was really, you know, you, you and I both know, like, when you start, when you get on a place like Cumberland that you know just has a ton of fish on it, mm-hmm. and you're not getting bites, you're not doing the right thing. That's right. Like, bottom line. And so, I fished to find bites. And when I did that, that's when the quality kicked up. And I really, it was just weird. Like, I was, like, really honed in on what I needed to look for. And uh, I was flipping a, a Strike King Bitsy Flip jig. I saw that, and that is so old school. That's one of my favorite jigs ever. Oh, dude, it's so great. And people don't even know. Like, 
there's so many other jigs out there that people flip. Yeah, I mean, and they're good ones like the Ike. Oh, it's a great Ike, jig. The, yeah, ca- the little Kitek jig. jig. Little Kitek jig. Yep. And you know the thing is, is I actually I only took three half ounce Bitsy flips with me. I only had three <laughs> green pumpkin ones, and by the mid mid part of the second day, I broke off my last one. Ooh. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not gonna catch them now. Like you know, in your mind, you're like, you get so locked in. Oh yeah. Something. And so I was like, all right, like I need to switch this up and and start. I dude, I start building jigs and like I'm like <laughs> putting together all kinds of different combinations. And finally, I settled in on just a basic little, uh, just a arky style head, and put a just a, you know, a finesse style green pumpkin skirt on it and a green pumpkin baby rage crawl. And I went to work on them. That's awesome. Dude, and it was. It didn't really. And what I realized though, it didn't really matter. I just have so much confidence in that Bitsy flip. Oh, it's a great jig. You know, and so I, I just, that's what, and you know, what people don't understand, like it's the Bitsy flip, the half ounce especially, it actually has a weight that goes down the shaft. Mm-hmm. Of the and so, you know, most jigs are really top heavy. So they're all, all the weights in the head. Well, this weight goes down. So when you're fishing those bluffs, it really keeps it level on yep. the ground and lets it swim down that bluff. And that's, I, I, Personally, I think that was like a big key. That's awesome. But, you know, I mean, it it didn't matter. I mean, evidently. I, so. I've caught a lot of fish on that uh, Bitsy, Bitsy flip over the years and a Bitsy bug. I'm a, I've always been a, a Bitsy bug fan. Being around here at Tennessee River, we fish a ton of bluffs. You know that. And a lot of smallmouth. Oh, yeah. And that's always been. And it still is around here. It's a staple. It's a jig that gets thrown a lot, but but doesn't get the limelight that it did when it first came out years and years and years ago. So when I saw that, I was like, "Good for you! That's awesome!" <laughs> I was I was pumped, and then at the same time, I was like, "Damn it, Andrew, shut up about the Bitsy Flip! Um, so don't talk shut about up it. about the Bitsy Flip! I understand that you work for them and that you're sponsored by them, but shut up!" Uh, and then you also you were Ned rigging some. I was Ned, Ned rigging. You are Mister Ned Rig. Brian Latimer thinks he is, but you have become Mister Ned. You know, I mean, I like it. I've, I've fished it a lot. I've made a lot of money off mm-hmm. of that rig. And, you know, I was I was actually using a, a head that I designed for Gene LaRue when I was sponsored by him still. Uh, it's not a Strike King head. I know, whatever. But, like, it, it's just a good head. It's a football-style head. has a, a, a really unique hook to it. has a sickle-style hook and a weed guard. And I'm a big weed guard guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a weed guard on a Ned Rig, and not everybody's like that. That's right. But I fish my Ned Rig in trees and brush and stuff that you can't fish a, a, an open hook in. And uh, But I was using the new Strike King Ned Ocho, which was a bait that I helped design for Strike King. Uh, and it's a, it's just basically, it floats. It has little, little cavities on the side that help catch air, so like it helps it float up, and it's really durable. I mean, it's just a good bait. I mean, overall, you're going to catch it a looks lot of fish good. On it. I saw them in a tackle store yesterday for the first time in person. I actually got to look at them and, and uh, grabbed a couple packs of them. They they look uh, they look really good. It's a it's an inner. I mean, and everybody's got a Ned bait now, you know. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the thing. Uh, there was a couple other little Ned baits that that Strike King announced at ICAST that I think are very interesting. The little uh, creature, what is it? The Ned. Um, the Ned bug. Ned bug. Yeah, yeah, that looks yeah. cool too. And I saw a little. Uh, cutter worm or something yeah dude, yeah that, that thing was, looks that, that sweet was, so that was a deal that i i was big time into because they we sat down we sat in a meeting that in texas uh, me and chris from and and a lot of the other higher ups at strike king 
And they're like, Andrew, you like throwing a net rig. What baits do we need? And I'm like, I said, we need a net ocho. We call it the net ocho. Mm-hmm. We want to keep that name. I said, and we need we need a Ned Cutter Worm. And they're like, what? And I'm like, just trust me. Like, we need a Ned Cutter Worm because that Cutter Worm just catches them, dude. Yes, like, it does. And that Ned Cutter Worm, it just it just looks so light. It, honestly, in my opinion, you could take that and, and replace a grub. Yes, and put that that's in what place I thought. Of a yep, grub. yep. And, and that's what, in my mind, that's what I was looking for was something to replace a grub that didn't have as much action, but just that good in between. Yep. And uh, and yeah, it does exactly. What I, I saw those yesterday too, and dude, yeah, it it looks it looks delicious, man. Yeah. Um, they'll sell a lot of them. And I'm sure Tackle Warehouse and places have been selling a lot of that since that uh, Coastal win. I hope they're probably sold out of Bitsy Flips, and I need to order some. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> um, You're welcome. So so man, this year um, is obviously been. <laughs> The last year for us in this industry has been insane. Um, it's turned over on itself. Uh, we can't really keep up with what's going on. Even when you think you've got a, a your finger on the pulse, something else changes, it seems like. But this year you fought through it, had the best year of your career. For sure, you are making your mark on social media more than ever. You have uh, really um, embraced the YouTube life with our boy Scotty Martin. And uh, oh, yeah. and you filmed with Scott a lot. Um, you got any plans to do more of that next year? I'm sure sure you do. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we're we actually have some pretty big things in the works. I can't awesome. talk about them. Awesome, but uh, it's going to be pretty awesome on the YouTube side of things. So uh, well, you know, just make sure you stay tuned on oh, that yeah. stuff. Well, let, let me ask you this: as far as that goes, in your industry insider perspective, like I have. Do you see, and I've done, I did a podcast about this a month or so ago, and, and, and the results were mixed on people's opinions of it. But do you see or do you feel um, that this shift to this YouTube constant content world uh, it is taking over the fishing world like I see? I mean, it, more, more so than even tournament fishermen. Um, we were the go to, right, for information, oh, yeah. but now that's all changed. For yeah, better or I, worse. Yeah, I think I think you're actually you're gonna see. I think it's gonna keep going back and forth. To be if I'm being honest. Okay. Like, okay. So what what you're gonna see is when the big influx of YouTubers came out, and you know the Guggen, right, uh, right, inform, informative fishermen, right. Um, you know, there's just a ton of these guys. Well, when they first started, if I remember correctly, it was informative fishermen was one of the first. Um, and then, um, oh God, what is his name? The fluke guy. Fluke master. Fluke master. Mm-hmm. That guy. He yep. was one of the first. And these are your old school, like, yes. and tactical bassin. Yep. You know, some of these yep. guys, no doubt. Like, old school guys. Well, then you, then in comes the, the Guggen squad mm-hmm. and the Tyler real fishing and some of these other guys. Ben, that, ben Milliken. I don't know if you know Ben. Ben, yeah, ben, 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 ben kills well. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ben kills it. I know Ben. Noah Pescatelli and, uh, uh, Noah, kicking their bat. Yep. Yep. Dar- Darian, so but Darian is fishing. Darian is fishing sucks. We can say that. Darian. Yeah. Darian God, definitely so sucks. <laughs> They're so bad. But, uh, you know, and then you got the, and then you got pros that are now mm-hmm. YouTubers. You know, beyond Scott. Scott's been in it for a while now. But, um, you know, like. 
Belat and Castledine and yourself and you know there's a lot of guys that have YouTube channels that do that put out really good content. Uh, you've got guys that that talk about their tournament stuff like a Castledine. You got guys that that share their behind the scenes experience like a, a Belat and you mm-hmm. you just do you, you know, and that's that's what makes your show so great is you're just you. And uh, I love that about you. Well, I, dude, I really appreciate that. I think that's the first nice thing you've ever said about me. Well, it, you know, the <laughs> thing is, if I'm saying nice things about you, I probably don't like it. So. I always say, <laughs> I, I've told people for years, I'm like, if you ever see Andrew and I at a public function together, you're like, dang, those guys really don't like each other because we give each other a really hard time. And I actually had a co-angler one time at the Harris chain. Andrew and I were sharing this little backwater deal, and and I was just giving Andrew – he really smashed him the first day and I just had kind of a mediocre day, which was not, you know, that was a lot of my days. And, uh, and, and Andrew comes in there and he's, like, he really needs one so I can get a check. Cause he caught him sight fishing the first day. And I'm like, Hey man, there's a three pounder over there, but it's stupid and it won't bite. And I hate its guts. And he's like, well, I'm going to go catch it. So he's over there trying to catch it, and I'm giving Andrew a hard time. My coin like, man, you don't like that guy. Do you, you don't like that guy at all. And I'm like, no, he's one, he's my good buddy of mine, man. He's like, Oh, oh man, I was worried this was getting awkward because I was just Andrew's trying to catch the fish and I'm just waylaying him with insults and everything else just because you know I'm jealous and uh, so jealous and because uh, he had caught him so good the first time I knew he's fixing to get ten grand. I'm trying to I had lost to earlier in the day that I knew were costing me 10 grand and I was just uh, I was over it and uh, anyways I, so I'm giving Andrew a hard time and my co was just mortified <laughs> he was like dang bro get off that guy's case but but Andrew's Andrew is is somebody you know that that all of you need to follow if you're not and um, because he does speak his mind and he does He's a very good teacher of the sport of bass fishing. He will show you what he does when he catches them. He will break it down. He's very educational on his on his stuff, and he's very entertaining. But I've got it before we kind of bid farewell. I do have to ask you just because it has to be said, and I'm not going to put you on the spot or anything, but what's your overall opinion, what's your overall take of the, quote, hostile takeover uh, in my opinion of of flw and what's going on here based on kind of our history because we were we you and i to set this up and i've talked about on here a lot we were on an angler panel together um this year there was an angler panel that had gone on in the past without us we were put on it this year um you yourself brad knight and jordan osborne started a a your own group to kind of collectively talk for the FLW Tour Pros to FLW Brass last year to get some things changed and got a lot of things done. Got a lot of things done. Uh, Worked your ass off on that uh, and really stood up for the anglers. And the things that we worked very, very, very hard on are are now gone. A lot of them. Yeah. And that's that's frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating for me too. You know, so let's just say what it does. I mean, or say what it is. You know, Jordan and I, like, we we got together, and we didn't like what was going on last year. And and Brad Knight came in with us, and we were all, like, just all fired up. And I was like, you know what? Let's just start a petition, guys. <laughs> and and you know what? Like, it actually worked somehow. It did. And, uh, it did. <laughs> you know, we actually got, you know, contrary to belief, we actually got a lot of guys on board with us. And that supported us, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a, 
it, we were the leaders of the pack and, you know, we took the weight on our shoulders and, and kind of, you know, ultimately anytime I do something, I'm trying to do it to, to better everyone and not just myself. Mm-hmm. And I knew that what was going on was not good for the sport, nor was it good for the pros. And so I was an advocate on the, on the side of the pros. I was just trying to lobby on behalf of them to try to make the sport better. And and we got a lot of stuff done, and we worked really closely with FLW, and they worked really close with. And they were great to us. work with. They were great they to were, work with. They were great, and, and they they understood our points, and they took it very serious. And you know, we got like I said, like what you said, you we got a lot of stuff done. But fast forward to now, you know, we we're now in the midst of a, a buyout. Uh, that was just announced a, a couple weeks ago. I was actually at the U.S. Open, and uh, and I but I'd gotten a call like the day before it all went down, and which kind of stunk because it kind of ruined that whole trip. Oh, me, I'm not gonna lie, and um, because everything changed, our whole we went from a true professional organization to a qualifying tour, and I don't care how you sugarcoat it. That's what we we turned into um triple and, triple a you mean you you just yes yes, if, you're, yes. if we're talking baseball make, yeah, yeah you yeah. went it's from like now you're the series. feeder system for yeah. the big bad bass pro tour where there are guys like brian thrift that could beat everybody on that tour and then some you know but now he's triple a exactly yeah and that's exactly my point yeah um you know and that and that's aggravating to say the least a little bit uh because you know guys like thrift and scott martin and david dudley John Cox. I mean, the list. Well, you're, yourself, Have, yourself, myself. I mean, I've been I'll tell you, for yeah. eight, eight years. You know, I mean, and you know, well, guys that have put their, you know, their lives on the line for this deal, and now we're we're second tier, and so that that's hard to. It's it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, especially since you've earned your way to where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, you know, I think that. And this is my opinion. I, I think you're going to see a a lot of things happen in the next few weeks. Uh, yes, a, for sure. A, you know, a falling out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and the bad thing about this takeover, and I'm not going to call it a hot. No, I, I say I say that in jest. It's not. I mean, it's I know, it's I very know. legal and it's very uh, it's yeah. very. It was a buyout, and for all practical purposes, everything I'm being told and fed is that FLW was a failing business, and the MLF is saving the day. So uh, that's being said. That's what what, I've been told like a hundred times. That's what I'm getting to. So it's not a hostile takeover. I'm just that's a joke. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to say this. Hang on. I got to. I got to say this before you say that. I got to. I got to look at the camera here. Jim and (laughs) Boyd, Gary, whoever's watching. I was joking about saying it was a hostile takeover. Okay, go ahead, Andrew. But it is a takeover <laughs> of the industry, though. Totally. Uh, <laughs> totally. You know. Totally. I will, tell you, I will say that. I totally. Mean, because the industry is in flux right now. Yes. Marketing directors don't know where they're spending yes. their money. Totally. They don't know who to invest in anymore. Yep. Uh, let, let's be honest here. What they did is they eliminated a competitor. Yes. Like they might have saved the day, but they eliminated a competitor. And I'd have done the same thing. Of course. As a business person. Yes. Why not? You know, and, and so I don't disagree with their business practice as far as that goes. Uh, with that being said, I think you, you know, not everybody agrees with the way they do business. 
and that's just, but that's business though. That's, like, the, I mean, that's the United States. Yeah. Like you can not do that. Everybody's going to like what you do. I don't have I don't have to like you know what yeah. Dick Sporting Goods supports or Bass Pro Shop supports yeah. or whoever, but guess what? I've got a decision. Guess what? Yeah, I just don't have to go there. Exactly, and, and I don't so have to go there. This whole mindset of like we hate you because you like you have this opinion. No, and we just have opinions. Like, That's it's right. Just what it is, and so I, it bothers me that that this industry has become such a. It, in all fairness, it it reminds me so much of our politics these days. I agree. You know, you, you see like Republicans and Democrats going at each other's throats. Like it's the end of the world. And it's like, where, where did we go wrong Mm -hmm. here? Like where did we become enemies? So divided. Yeah. We're just so divided anymore. And like, I hate that. Like, because I want us all to work together because I think the more these, these companies, these businessmen work together with the industry, the industry professionals and the other organizations, the more successful this whole, you know, business will be. Yes. And and if we don't work together, this is the kind of stuff that happens. You got you get companies that are that are brought up out of, you know, disagreements or you know, let, let's be honest, these pros de- developed this trail because they were unhappy with what was going on elsewhere. That's right. And so they in all technicalities, built an organization out of spite. Mm-hmm. And so... Which is never a good they, way to go into anything. No. And now, granted, they have a completely different business model, and that's great. Like, it works. And I'm going to tell you right now, MLF and Bass Pro Tour have a very good model for non-endemics. A very good model I for agree. non-endemics. I think that who they present to is perfect. I mean, you know, they 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 focus on that Bass Pro clientele and, you know, or, you know, just the everyday people who watch TV, whatever, that don't know anything, that don't know the difference between a crankbait and a spinnerbait, and that's fine. But let, let's be honest here. Like, when you build a platform that forgets the tournament anglers, you're going to have pushback from the tournament anglers, especially <laughs> if their favorite angler is Kevin Van Dam, Greg Hackney, you know, whoever. So you're going to have pushback because those guys like watching those guys, but they, and sometimes they don't like that format. That's exactly right. And and, and I'm not discrediting the format because neither I'm am right I now. Neither am I. I have like severe anxiety. So like I would be so anxious in that format. Yeah. Like so anxious. So like to compete in it, I know right now it's like probably one of the toughest competitions out there. But I'll say this with that is it's not that much fun to watch sometimes. No, I agree. I agree. I, I liked watching it when they, they caught all them biggins. Yeah, the North like Carolina was, tournament was awesome. Yeah. Dude, it was great. Yeah, it was but, awesome. Like, the other ones were kind of boring. Um, and, and not to take away anything from their, their announcers, JT's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Marty's uh, – yeah, they Marty, do a good job. Yeah, it's fun. They do a good the job. Coverage is, the know. coverage is good. I've talked about it on here, yeah. which they – you know, you, you know I had kind of had a disagreement with them, but – they didn't go back and listen to the podcast that I was doing when I was covering, you know, I was doing a podcast during one of their events or whatnot. Like, I've defended their format on here countless times. You know, when people say mostly little fish or, oh, well, you know, it's not hard to do that or whatever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You got some, you got 80 of the best guys, you know, in the world, 60 of them anyways. And 
and they're out there, dude. Like, I don't want to be fishing against them in any format, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, so the cream they, always rises. To of the course, crop. and it's you've the seen that, and you've yeah. seen that with Jacob and with Edwin and with Jordan Lee, yeah. and with, you know, yeah. you've seen it countless times. I mean, the guys that catch them are going to catch them, um, but it did not resonate. With I, I won't even say, dude. Based on on my post and my podcast and the feedback I get, I won't even say it's a fifty fifty split. I'm gonna say it's like a seventy thirty split. Seventy percent of the people do not like it, and thirty percent of the people don't know any better. Well, and I and I think it's even worse. I think and maybe it like is eighty. I think it's like an eighty. Maybe 40. it is. And but and, and let's let's be honest here though, that eighty percent is comprised of tournament that's it thousand percent you know tournament focused fishermen so if you went and did a survey of their followers and our followers it would probably be a 50 fit yep let's be honest yep i agree so you know tournament fishermen haven't sold out to the program very that's well exactly i mean there's some there's and that's some. and that's great and and the thing is is tournament guys it's just like to put it into a practical term for hunters, um, you got people who just want to go out there and shoot as many things as they can, and you got guys that want a trophy hunt. Mm-hmm. And in my eyes, a tournament fisherman's more of a trophy hunter because they want to go catch a five, six, seven, eight pound That's bass, right. and they don't care about the one and two pound bass. Like it's just not in their frame of mind. Now, don't get me wrong; those Bass Pro Tour guys are catching biggins too. They are, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's you're seeing much more of the small fish and, and, you know, and I hate it for those guys because there's some of those guys are just, and all of them are really good, obviously, but some of them are really good friends of mine. And that format just does not fit them. No, there are some guys that lost their identities this year. They did. And I feel so bad for them Mm -hmm. because I'm a, I'm a student of the game. I, I love watching these guys and to see a guy like Greg Hackney have to put his jig down. <laughs> That's right. Or or Kevin Van Dam to put his 10XD down. Or Ish Monroe to put his flipping stick down. You know, that's that's hard. Like, I want to see those guys. I want to see Ish bust a big one out of a reed head with a yep. one-ounce jig. big jig, like, yeah. That's right. You know, that's what I want to see. And that's just me as a fan. So, so I have that, you know... I have that kind of guard up against it. I just I feel like it's kind of taking the 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 strengths away from some of those guys to a certain degree, and and they probably all disagree with me, and that's fine. But uh, just as a fan, I wouldn't be so sure about that. But <laughs> I, as a fan, as a fan perspective, that's what I see. Yeah. And so you know, and that's all. And I you have the right, right to your perspective, just like you have your right to your opinion, just yeah. like I have mine, and just like the fans do. And I, the biggest problem for me. Is and it's like this with the sponsors now with FLW we're seeing and and you know and and MLF sponsors over time the force feeding of it and 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 the proverbial cramming <laughs> cramming it down everybody's throat it is very much in my opinion it is very much their way or the highway and and I'm and I'm living proof of it man I did a podcast it was the meekest most mild podcast I did with James Watson and they everybody took such pro, uh, you know issue with the things I said and I was just basically, you know, saying, hey, it's FLW 2.0. Erwin Jacobs did this. He tried this. It did not work long term. It worked for a little while. 
It was great yeah. for the anglers. We paid millions of dollars. We paid $250,000 first place. Walmart FLW Tour presented by Coca-Cola, blah, 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 blah. And then the next year, it was the Walmart FLW Tour presented by whatever. And once those people left, the Rangers and the Evan Roods and the Lawrences and the TH Marines and Costas and Yetis and, and, and whoever else, they were the landing spot for the FLW Tour. And now, now those, those people are being told they're not doing enough. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, no, I've, you know. And, and that's, that's an issue. That's an issue. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's definitely an issue. I mean, the way this, the way the, how they're going about, it's, it's almost like it's taking a crap on a little man. And I'm not saying TH or any of those no, people I, are little man. No, no, totally when understand. You, when you compare their business practice to a Walmart or a Bass Pro Shops, they are We are man. the little man. We're a family business. Yeah, you're a family business. So, I mean, you know, let's remember where we came from. You always remember where you come from in business. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, you got to make sure to... You just got to take care of everybody. And I know that it, it kind of goes against some business practice of what that you think. But let's be honest, like $30,000 from TH Marine is better than no $1,000 from TH exactly Marine. Right. You know, and even if it gets them like almost no publicity, at the same time, they're still in the game. And they're supporting. And they're supporting the anglers. They're supporting the everybody. So, like, I just don't understand the aspect that I, I get the aspect of it from you, you want everything to be fair. But let's be honest, like a TH Marine or a Lose, and I don't want to speak on Lose and Strike Team because. I, this is my opinion. Yeah, this has nothing. That's the same I say about yeah. TA. This has nothing yeah. to do with TA. This yeah. is just how I see it. It's just, it's just the aspect. These are smaller businesses. These aren't, you know, multi-billion-dollar organizations. They're not these Sonic. Are, no, they're not. And so we can only afford so many things. You know, these small companies in this industry can only just afford certain things. So that's why you see a lot more. TH Marine logos on jerseys mm-hmm. or Lou's logos on jerseys because that's what we can afford. That's right. But now that's getting taken away from the fishermen that fish FLW. Mm-hmm. Yes, on the jer- on the jersey side well, of things. And, and that's a big issue of mine. And, and I'll say it point blank. I, I think it is a major issue that the entry fees are at the highest point that they've ever been at in the history of fishing on the FLW Pro Circuit. I don't care about the payouts. Great, it's whatever. They've cut a hundred thousand dollars out of Angler of the Year. They've cut a hundred thousand dollars off the cup, or whatever you want to call the championship. Mm-hmm. They've cut two hundred, so they've cut two hundred grand right off the top, and and we've had the most entry fees we've ever paid. So that's that the math kind of screwy right there. But when you start taking away jersey space or boat carpet space to put logos of the organization you know, of their sponsors, that's cutting into any advertising space that as a fisherman that I have. Cause that's what you sell. Just, that's what I sell. And it just for, for yeah, you, non tournament fishermen that may listen yeah. or non-professional tournament wannabes, or, you know, you're, you, you don't understand the game. When I sit down with a company, that's what I'm selling them. I'm selling them Jersey logo space. I'm selling them boat logo space. And I'm saying, Hey man, I got a potential to get you on camera for four days, your logo right there. And that's what they pay me based on the opportunity to have their logos be visible. And now they now, now. <laughs> and now and now and now we're fifty percent. We have fifty percent of our jersey on after day two, correct? 
Which is the TV time. Which is the TV time. Okay, so so let's break it down here. The the, the FLW Pro Circuit is four days. You got days one and two. Everybody. Everybody, okay? You can wear any logo you want at all, okay? After day two, you go into day three. On days one and two, all you have is the live weigh-in, period, okay? Mm -hmm. Day three is when we start our TV time, probably more directed articles, um... Anything that has to do with video, we are a hundred percent all in wearing fifty percent logos and getting nothing in return. And, and those other logos you're wearing are FLW Tour and MLF sponsor logos that they've sold. Exactly. That they've exactly. sold your jersey. So, so, but you're a paying, are, but you're a paying yeah. customer. But the people who are supporting me and helping me pay my forty thousand dollars. Let's just be honest, forty thousand dollars, <laughs> and and. You're taking away that space. They they've earned that. My sponsors have earned that spot. Now I get it. This is something that has gone on for years in this industry, of course, but not the years that I've been in it. That's right. So we're going. You know that that was one of the big arguments of of a lot of the fishermen at MLF was they wanted free logo space. They wanted free jersey. You know, they wanted to be able to wear anything they wanted to do. So they they break off and create this organization. Well. Now we're forced to wear logos that don't, and now granted, they don't conflict with our sponsors. They're non-endemics. They make us look more legit, I guess. And at the same time, though, you're taking away space. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say, hypothetically speaking, my title sponsor this year is Lose and Striking. Those are two big logos, okay? Mm-hmm. Where are they going to go? Because they're the ones that are paying me the big money. And that, and this is all hypothetical. But let's just say they're paying me $100,000. And they're not, believe me. If they were, like, I wouldn't be working at all. But let's just say they're paying me $100,000 and they're putting my their logos right there on my stomach and on my chest. Well, now they don't get to do that. Now a non-endemic is going to be able to put their logo right there in place of where one of those logos is going to go. Now I can have one big logo above that. And then the other one has to be small. Well, is that really fair for my sponsors that are paying me a whole heck of a lot of money to get their spot taken from a company that pays me zero money? Or or is that sponsor going to pay you that money? That's the question. Exactly. They're and, not and, going and to. I'm telling you right now, right now, you know, and, and contrary to popular belief that this is not a AAA trail, marketing directors throughout this industry – Look at it as a triple A trail. I do now. I don't care. I don't care what anybody's telling us. That is what we are being told from marketing directors. That's the right. ones that are actually the one makes the, the decisions. Money. Yeah, the ones yes. that make the decision on whether you and your family get a check from them or not. And so that and so now we're we're forced or we're I'm not going to say forced. We are given the opportunity to pay a forty thousand dollar entry fee with with marketing directors telling us, uh, well, you're now a triple A trail, so we're not going to pay you as much with unprecedented entry fee levels with 50% advertising space. There's an issue there. That's an and, issue. and, and I've, I've made it, you know, me, I'm very opinionated. We've had some calls and I've been on those calls and I've been probably the most outspoken. If you know, I have been the most outspoken. Let's just be honest there. I've definitely been the most outspoken 
and ask the hard questions because at the end of the day, if I don't ask the questions, I can't. I don't have the confidence that my fellow fishermen are going to stand up and ask those questions. There are a lot so of people I, scared in this industry right now. They are. They're scared right For whatever now. reason, I, guys feel yeah. like they can't voice their opinion. And what I keep telling FLW guys that reach out to me, especially after the podcast last week, thank you so much for being a voice. Thank you so much for voicing your opinion. We are scared to. And my, my, my text back a lot is, why are you scared? You're paying them 40 grand. All you've got to do is not pay them 40 grand. Go somewhere else. Go mow grass and go fishing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand we're all very deep into this, but at the end of the day, it, like I've said a hundred times, it's America, and we do have decisions. You don't have to fish with them if you don't like what they're doing. Exactly. You don't have and, to. And, and, and there and are going to be guys that don't. Yeah. And I'm having to make that decision right now. You know, do I go and spend my forty grand and just bite the bullet and wear their logos, or do I go fish the opens and? And I tell you right now, it's a hard decision. I'm on the fence right now because I've had arguably the most successful, without a doubt, the most successful season I've ever had in FLW. You know, and is it hard to sit there and say, you know what, the, the field's going to be cut down some because there's a lot of guys leaving, going and leaving. Yep. I, you know, they think there's two and there's way more than two. And, uh, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of guys leaving, and what's that do? That leaves a lot of checks open, and you're I not agree. both know that. Yeah. And so, I look at it as the money aspect. Money to be made. How much? How much money can I make? And and there's a lot of money to be made. Let's just be honest there. And so, you know, is my end goal fishing the Bass Pro Tour? I can't answer that question right now. But I will say this. If I fish the pro circuit, I'm going to fish at least one division of the Opens, if not both divisions of the Opens, because I really think the five fish stringers fit my style better. I would I've agree. Always been a, I've always been a guy that can go catch a lot of numbers, but I've, you know, over time I've developed this like game of being really good at catching five big ones, and I like it better. And so I think it's going to be hard for me to make that decision. And then the thing is, is I still got to finish in the top 10 in points after two years. So like, that's like yeah. what, a 2% uh, chance or a 4%. I mean, it's a very small percent it's a, chance. It's a, it's a lot to deal, to think about. You know, because especially when you take a two-year average, I mean, you just never know what could happen there. Not so, in this sport. You know, I mean, you have one bad year. And that's the other thing that freaks me out. So you go over to the elites, how long have some of those guys stayed in the elites? Even after having a bad year, they oh, stayed. Yeah. They, they hadn't got kicked out and they're not going to get kicked out anytime soon. Bass Pro Tour, you have one bad year after we qualify, you're out. And you got to start this process all over again. So that's freaky. So it's, Man, so they're so telling, I, I didn't know. So they're saying once, once you do make it to the BPT, you only got one year. Yes. And so, see, these original guys had three years, had to sign three-year deals. Of course, we know that was more to keep them from leaving and going back to Bass and back to FLW, yeah. and, and uh, good luck with all that, I, I say. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so what So what they're doing is, is it's a three-year qualifiers for the first, the first group that went in. And once they cut their 10 out and we bring our 10 in, then it's an every-year qualification. Whew. So just imagine you're fishing against the best in the world, okay? Let's just say, let's just say they're the best. Yeah. We'll just hypothetically they're the best, whatever. 
you got to fish against the best in the world. You got to fish against Van Dam, Hackney, Jason Christie, uh, Polinick, uh, Justin Lucas. The list goes on. Okay. And you've got to finish in the top 70 in points. Now, that sounds like, oh, okay, 70 out of 80, you can do that. But you're fishing. There's not a weak link in that no. series. You've got to catch them every day, every day, All year. every tournament, and to make it. And that's just to keep your job. Yep. That I mean, it doesn't account for a bad You have one bad year, and you can lose every sponsor you have. And and even yeah. the best have bad years in the sport. We've seen it with Van Dam. We've seen it with Denny Brower. Yeah. We've seen it with Rick Clummy. We've seen it countless, countless, countless times. It's fishing. It's going to yeah. happen. It happens in every sport. I mean, you're going to have bad so, games. You're you going to have bad and, years. And so that's a it's kind of a, a tough pill to swallow. Like for me, like it just kind of takes the longevity of the sport out, and and it makes it much more short term. And I and for me personally, like it kind of that affects my paycheck. That affects my family. And it affects my health because, like, let's just be honest. You've got to catch them every day of every event, okay, to requalify. That's just to requalify. That's not even to make money. That's just to requalify. That is going to put immense stress on you. You're going to get some ulcers. (laughs) Yeah, your kids. It's just not healthy. Like, it's, it's, it's very hard. And we don't get paid enough for it to be healthy. You know, a football player can go out there. I've heard this example a few times. A football player, a golfer, you know, he only gets to play for X amount of years, and then he's going to get whatever. They get paid millions. They get they get supplemented millions of dollars. Okay, we're getting a couple hundred hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever. That's what we're getting paid. So like. That stress doesn't equate with the amount of money that we're bringing in. I agree. For me, per, for me personally, like, I agree. Like I want, I want to like have a happy life, and that sounds like like a very stressful. And life. I and I, I'll say this though, because I do get some comments like this, and I'll say the everyman guy that sits out there that doesn't get to do what we get to do will probably say, "Hey, man, quit your bitching. You get to fish, but." We do have a choice to do this, right? Yeah. You you yeah, chose absolutely. this. We did we did choose this, um, but it also chose us. I mean, it's it's our well, love, yeah. it's our passion. It chose us. This is what we decided to do. So we say all these things. We 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 piss and moan and complain about this stuff because we are passionate about it. And you know, and we're complaining right now for the sixteen year old kid that thinks this is his dream, like we had. And we complain and we state our opinions for the guy that that works the night shift and fishes every day during the day instead of sleeping so he can get time on the water to go fish the BFL, to qualify for the coast, to qualify for the the tour, you know, to fish the cup that doesn't exist anymore. But now that guy has an extra step he's got to go through to get to this Bass Pro Tour. And like Andrew's saying, once you get there, you may not even get to stay there more than a year. Yeah, you and know, you know, you you talk about years of sacrifice, years, years of hard work, yes, and that is the BFL guy. That it because I was the BFL guy, absolutely. I was the college guy. I, you know, I did an interview with Kyle Wood yesterday, and he brought up a really cool point that I didn't, I didn't honestly didn't even know. I truly won in every aspect or every level of NFL. Yeah, yeah. I won it. I won in college. I won a BFL. I won a Costa, and I've won a tour event. It's awesome. And and I've worked my way up, but now that's all in, you know possibly in jeopardy. And so, like, my job is in jeopardy. Like, 
your job is in jeopardy as a fisherman. That's right. Now, now I know you work in the industry and, and you're set and you do your deal, but like you're not fishing next year. Yeah. And this had a lot to and this had a lot to do with it, right? I, I mean, I had an opportunity at TH, and I said that on my announcement video. Yeah, I knew this storm was coming, and I didn't want to be a part of it. And I talked about that in my video, and I took some scrutiny over that. Um, and but why though? I, mean, yeah, you I know. Take scrutiny I know. over something that's going to better your family. Uh, absolutely. And, and well, and, I took some scrutiny over taking shots at the fact that this this new regime change could be coming, and and I just didn't want to be a part of it. And. I loved FLW as is. I loved the people. I still love the people, you know, uh, top to bottom. A lot of great people there. Even like you're saying, if we disagree with them, um, they have the right to their opinions just like we do. And at the end of the day, they were they were great to work with. They listened to us. Um, they gave me a platform. They gave me a lot of opportunities, even when they shouldn't have had. And I owe them a lot for people even knowing my freaking name. That being said, I just didn't want to be a part of this. And when this opportunity would popped up with TH, it, it was a great opportunity for me. Am I done tournament fishing? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You, you sure? You might be done. No, I could be I done. <laughs> I could be done. I know, I know no. this. I'll say this. With everything I've had going on, I, I'll say this. I'm done in 2020. I'll say that. I don't know about 21, though, because I, I really – I'll probably get to Jones and I'll be in those Bassmaster Opens, I'm sure, or something. But I mean, it, it's let's be honest, it's gambling. Oh, it and, is. It's high stakes gambling. And, oh yeah. yeah, and we like to gamble. That's and right. So like, yeah, we complain a lot about. You know the thing. I I I don't want it to come off as a that I'm complaining. I'm trying to make it better for everybody. I get it. Like from the BFL guy, the college guy, for the, tournament the angler guy, the tournament anglers. I'm trying to make this sport better. And because there's there's some flawed concepts on both sides. Bass of course. has some flawed concepts. Of course. FLW obviously did or they wouldn't have been in the situation they were in. And MLF does. And so the more we come to terms and try to fix things, the better off this can be. And you gotta have somebody that's gonna go out there and represent yourself well and represent the fishermen well. And I know without a doubt, like I prior to this last phone call, I was in Kathy Fennell's ear which is the the president of FLW. I was in Kathy Fennell's ear a bunch, Dave Washburn's. Um, I was sending emails. I was lobbying for our guys. And to come to find out that they're, we're no longer on an angler committee, that they're going to re-vote an angler committee. So <laughs> <laughs> we're... Uh, is that list going to be picked by people that uh, made posts that were like, it's an exciting day for FLW when the MLF announcement came out. They're going to pick well, all those guys. <laughs> Well, I can promise you one thing, and, and this is something that I can absolutely promise. Your probably, ass ain't on it. I will probably not be on that anger committee. I would fully agree with that statement. <laughs> fully. And, and, and mainly just because, like, I'm, I'm way – let's just say this. I'm way too outspoken about my yes. opinions. And but so, which is fine. Why do you whatever. need a panel of people that supposedly give you your opinions if you can't handle hearing the opinions? That's the – that's the issue at hand here. It's not that you have the opinions. It's that people can't handle the opinions. Like, even if you oh, disagree yeah. with the dang opinions, listen to it, absorb it, and go, you know, the, this This is how I've always, truly, this is how I've always tried to see, and I'm, I'm, I'm far from a perfect human being by a million miles, but this is how I've always tried to live my life. It's how my dad's lived his life. It's how my mom lived her life, is I have friends, close friends, great friends that disagree with me politically, Religiously, 
emotionally, <laughs> whatever you want to say in life, and your friends, your friends. It's okay if we're all built different, and it's totally fine. And I say this about politics and everything going on in the country. It's totally fine to disagree with somebody. And at the same time, if you have a conversation with somebody, I'll bet you there's some common ground there somewhere. Now, have I met a lot of people in life that I have zero common ground with? You're dang right. You're dang right. But I I dare say that if you you look hard and, and and you try, that... Instead of just casting somebody off for their opinion, that somewhere there, there's something that you could get along about. You know, you don't have to, but this hatred for people that that have differing opinions of you just it's just it's just time for that to to end. You know, it's just that's just insane. And I'm not just talking fishing; I'm on my soapbox nationwide. And you've said well, it yeah, though; yeah. it's the I mean, whole it's, it's, it's the whole po- way. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a constant politics, Facebook debate, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, it's just like you don't like my opinion. Well. I'm going to delete you. Like, block. Okay, you're blocked. Block. block. Yep. Let's not even have a, like, a good discussion about something. Like, I love a Let's debate. block people. Yeah. I, I love too. a debate. And that was one of the reasons I, I reached out, reached back out, because I started just to ignore, because of the situation I was in with my mother and everything at the time, when Jim Wilburn reached out to me, started to ignore it, and then I and then I emailed back, and I invited him to come on here, not to debate, but to let him give his his take to let him give his spin to the listeners that were on my side you know he wanted to clarify things i said clarify them yourself on this show i said it last week and i'll say it right now while you're on here i will let anybody that wants to call in this show from any organization call in i love it i love this sport i love to talk about everything that's going on the good and the bad and ugly let's talk about it don't be scared or don't you know? Don't don't dismiss it because I may disagree with some things. That's that's not okay. So we got to get away from that, man. And um, I you hope- know, and, and I want to before we get off here though, I want to say one thing. FLW MLF did offer the opportunity for anybody to put their name in the hat for the angler committee. I do want to say that. Yeah, it's a no. It's a I'm, vote. It's a vote. And, and I'm choosing not to put my name in the hat yes. because I'm. I'm burnt out. Burn out with the <laughs> I politics. I get it. I get it. And I would just want to get back to my roots. I want to get back to fishing. And, and that's to say anybody would even vote me in at this point, like, which is whatever. Like, I don't even yeah. care. Well, it, I think a, a lot of the anglers really respect you for what you did last year, though. And there were a lot of guys. I want to say this before we get off, too. Last year when you guys did the petition, there were a lot of anglers that reaped the benefits of the things that the petition worked out that were – scared to sign the petition, first of all, and bashed said petition and didn't want anything to do with any of it, but then still wanted to complain about things they didn't like and still wanted to gripe and moan and all that, but, but you know, reap the benefits that the petition and the angler panel, the things that we got accomplished. So well, and that's a, and that, and that's a nice thing about that. Like, and, and I love people like that actually, because the thing is, is those are the people that they're never going to stand up for themselves, but they got to have somebody stand up for them. And yep. I was that guy. And That's Jordan right. was that guy. And Brad was that guy. And the angler panel were, were that, was that team. And we stood up for those guys regardless if they didn't like us That's or right. like what we were doing. And they got better results out of it. So Absolutely. you, you got to have people like that. And I, I respect them. I still respect them. I might not agree with them, but I still respect them. And I think that, you know, we all have a voice. If you pay that $40,000 entry fee, you have a voice. You're a customer. And you, yep. sh- 
and, and you should have that voice. So, you know, and like I said before, FLW listened. They tried to make uh, make things better. They really did. Absolutely and, did, yes. And let's be honest, this isn't the same FLW that we had before. It's not. It's not. It's and, not. It might and, be and run they by some of the same people, but let's be honest, they have bosses now. They don't have the final say. No, they don't have the final say, no. just like any other buyout that happens, and we know that. And I yeah. have no ill will towards anybody at FLW, and I never want any of this yeah. to come across as that. And, and, yeah. and look, other than the personal attack on me, from some MLF folks, you know, I don't have any ill will towards that organization. I've said it on here before. I don't want to see it fail. I'm in the business of selling boat parts and selling dreams and and covering this sport and being a part of it. And I don't want any of this to fail. FLW will always hold such a special place in my heart um, and in my mind for everything that I did while I was there. The, the camaraderie, the people, um, you know, everything. And I don't want it to not exist, and I don't want it to fail. And I've got too many great friends, just such as yourself, that are on the tour or on the Bass Pro Tour. I don't yeah. want it to fail. I don't well, want it to we fail. Don't, we don't need it to fail. No. Because the deal is, is if it fails, it puts this industry even in yes, more flux of course. than it already is. And we don't need that. We don't we need, need a good econ- We need a good economy. We need a good industry, and we need people to buy a lot of things. Yes, we do. Let's just be honest. We that's need it. them to buy stuff. That's, that's, that's what it. makes this industry go around. Absolutely, and I always does. said it, and I'll say it again: support the people who support bass fishing. Yes, yes. And and this industry will stay around for a long time. That's exactly right. On that, Andrew Upshaw just killed it for an hour and seven minutes on low budget live and dude i can't thank you enough because i know you're you're like me you got a million irons in the fire thank you for coming on and spending that time with me we're gonna do this again we need to do it live and in person that would be even more fun uh, but definitely gonna be a lot of decisions to be made definitely a lot of changes coming through for the whole industry once again this is far from over and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see andrew good luck with all your decisions and uh, good luck officially from Low Budget Live because I'll talk to you uh, again. I have no doubt very many times, but good luck in uh, 2020. I appreciate it, Luke. And, you know, if you ever need uh, somebody on there, I, I'm always a, always yeah. a big fan and I'll be watching. So All right, buddy. We'll see you, buddy. All right, Upshaw. Thanks, Andrew Upshaw. Goodness gracious. That was, that was, that was as, as, as the children say, that was lit. If you watch the podcast I did with my daughter Harper, she says the college kids like to say fire. That's fire instead of fire. That was a fire phone call with Andrew Upshaw. Andrew will uh, will never, ever, 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 ever uh, let you have to guess what he's thinking. I like that about Andrew a lot. Um, huge thanks to Andrew for being on uh, LBL. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Lots of exciting things coming up tomorrow. I'm filming uh, with Bass University on a very, 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 very cold day on Pickwick Lake, and I hope we even get a bite. Big front coming through today, and uh, going to go film with those guys from Bass U for Mr. Mike Iaconelli and Pete Glusick and the gang, Justin Kimmel. I'm going to go uh, do some Bass U tomorrow, Bass U TV. And, uh, and then next week, Venice, Louisiana bound, baby. Venice, Louisiana for a little traveling circus action uh, going down there late next week. Cannot wait to get down there. Got the crew from Range of Boats going and uh, and old Marty D and Darian is fishing. 
and Tanner Lyons, the traveling circus cameraman extraordinaire. We're all going down there. So lots of things. Going to try to do a podcast earlier next week and uh, get that thing out. Get that thing out. As always, low budget live, the number one at gmail.com if you got anything you want to say. Uh, and I'm trying to get to all those. There's been a lot. Um, send me your questions, topics you want discussed. Hopefully, we can uh, get back to normalcy coming on up. But thank y'all so much for listening to this craziness. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And take care. Take care, everybody. Take care of each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just a white line. Thank you. Out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.